This is Prairie Room Companion, episode 60, recorded July 6th, 2011. The dangers of afternoon podcasting, or the meaning of marriage. Welcome to This Week in Prairie Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And, boy, what a nice day today, Father. It's a beautiful day on the 6th of July. It's the 6th of, of July. Finally, well, so last week, of course, it started to get real hot, and I said to somebody, winter, summer. Yeah. It seems to have happened, but I'll, I'll take summer, even if I didn't get a spring. Exactly. So, And I hope you're uh, recovering well after the 4th of July, all your fingers attached. My fingers are attached. I'm, I'm still trying to get caught up in sleep, though. Um, we uh, went to a small town parade near Sioux Falls, because kids love candy um and uh, i went to that so it was uh not a super early morning but for a day off it was earlier than normal and then very late night to view the fireworks and then get back home so um good times though nonetheless so excellent did you observe the civic holiday in any way shape or form i did actually i uh, took the uh, opportunity that i uh, to go and visit some family in st louis oh that's right Yes, and uh, 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 did a few uh, tame fireworks with them. Uh, they're very uh, tame, and according to my niece and my nephew's taste of things, fountains, snakes, smoke bombs, oh my. So was there no um, civic fireworks display, or did you simply not attend it? Oh, there was. It was very big, and uh, a whole mess of humanity. Okay, yeah. It was good. Is it by the arch? It is. Okay. I would have presumed so, but I wasn't. I, I don't know because I've never been there at all, let alone for the fourth. So. Launched all the fireworks off of two, uh, uh, two barges. Oh, really? Cool. So uh, I have proposed actually to Father that maybe we could talk about the 4th of July and. There, there, there's at least the potential for some interesting discussion. But Father had a much better idea, so I said let's go with that with, without pretty much any hesitation at all. <laughs> uh, Is that a lesson to you, Dr. Bergwald? My ideas are always best. That's, I need to remind myself. Yes, I always listen to Father Andrew. Always listen to Father Andrew. So, Father, what did you propose? Well, it actually is in some ways connected to uh, the American Feast of Independence, honoring the Declaration of Independence. Uh, but that is the recent uh, current event happening, I believe it was on June 24th, 2011, whereby the uh, uh, legislature of the state of New York uh, passed a law and the governor of that state signed into law uh, so-called uh, homosexual marriage. Right. Same-sex marriage. And I thought it would be a good thing for us to talk about because, as I tell my college students, and I'm happy to say to you, Dr. Bergwald, to let you in on this secret, uh, the most difficult part about being Catholic in the next 50 years will not be what we say about God. The most difficult part about being Catholic will be what we say about humanity. Mm. I agree. Why, why do you say that, though? I, I think I agree, but why do you say that? Well, I say that because uh, the current culture in the Western, in the Western world, so to speak, uh, the, uh, the current culture is more and more divorcing itself 
from a natural view, what I would consider to be a natural view of the human person, to a more scattered and fractured view of what it means to be human. Right. Well, yeah. Scattered. I mean, it's it's uh, and the way you put it, I think, implies uh, the point. There is not a view. I mean, it's right. there are views of the human person. The view is that there is no view. Correct. Which could be no view at all. No. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, well, my father. I mean. We're, we're different. I mean, you and I, thank goodness, are not the same person. I mean, we talk all the time about the unique, you know, the uniqueness of each of our human being. Uh, Your ignorance of the Bible. What? Your ignorance of the Bible. We were different in that way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know that book um, of which you speak so often. So, so, so how we? How can you even talk about one view? I mean, it seems. From a certain perspective, pretty obvious that there isn't one view because there are seven billion different people. I mean, even identical twins are different people. Exactly. So how can you have one view? But let's not give it all away quite yet. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. So, so New York, uh, Catholic Governor Andrew Cuomo, by the way, um, signs this law, petition, pushed hard for this law, um, uh, and uh, there's now this is another state in which same-sex marriage is legal. So what do you see going on? Um, what's the what's the undercurrent? What's the background? Well, not background. The foundation of of this earthquake, so to speak. Well, I mean, the foundation is the continuing redefinition of human sexuality and what it means in the United States. Uh, very much for those who are proponents of it, uh, they believe that it is the widening of civil rights and responsibilities to, or actually I'm not sure if they consider the responsibilities, but more on the issue of the widening of civil rights, I should say, uh, to people who some believe do not have them and are unfairly denied access to them. Right. Uh, I see that my, I've, I've had some interaction, you know, in the, on, on the, the uh, on the web on the internet with um, proponents interwebs. of the interweb with proponents of same sex marriage and they, they, it's very much about that. Um, it's unfair. It's unjust to deny uh, the right to marry to other people just because they happen to be gay or lesbian. Um, their civil rights are being violated. Right, and so this has been an effort to repair that violation to. Uh, in their mind, create uh, a just society out of one that is currently unjust. Right. Many of them taking language from uh, the civil rights movements, uh, the women's suffrage movements, and various uh, things like that. Yeah, I think one of the most common uh, historical examples I hear of is um, interracial marriages. I mean, at one time, those were seen um, as as in one way, shape, or form is wrong, um, and they were illegal, and just as we came to realize that, no, uh, two people of different race can, in fact, marry, and it's unjust to prevent them from doing so, so, too, can people of the same sex marry, and it's unjust uh, to prevent them from doing so. Exactly. Well, by the way, when we say we, in that instance, that would be we as in civilized society, not necessarily in we as in Dr. Bergwald or uh, Absolutely, yes. That's what they. That's what the proponents of same-sex marriage say. 
Exactly. Okay, so so there's several. So what's what's our response to that, Father? Our, obviously, we disagree with the idea that their civil rights are being violated. But how do we make that point? Pardon? Is that a terrible side. That's horrible podcasting. Are you reading instead of listening? I am. I'm looking at something quick. You're I'll looking at something. I'll type what I'm looking so they can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll type it as you tell me again, but this time I'll try to listen. Okay. So how do we respond, Father, to the argument that, that, that um, in fact, it's not a violation of civil rights? They say that it's a violation of civil rights to prevent two people from the same gender from marrying. How do we respond to that argument? Right. I think uh, uh, the difficult part is we're talking on two different levels to them of sense, uh, because they're very much talking about um, civil rights. They're, they're talking about what the state allows, yeah. where our concern is not so much what the state does, does allow, but what can the state allow by the nature of reality. There are certain things uh, that a state cannot allow if it's going to be uh, a healthy state, a growing state, an accurate state, if it's going to be in accord with nature. Did you look at my private message to you yet, by the way? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, do you have an answer? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> so, the... Uh, uh, so, 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 what's, so what's at issue with this is not so much the fact that we don't want them to have access to uh, their spouses and or pardon me, we don't uh, um, not that we don't want them to have access to hospitals you know because of uh, um, HIPAA that they would not be able to access to their partner in hospitals right. that they would not be able to inherit something under the current tax laws we don't we're not necessarily opposed to that right. Uh, the issue is that they're calling something marriage that isn't marriage, and that isn't healthy for any marriage or society. Right. So they're calling something marriage that isn't marriage. And, and you already alluded to, I think, um, you know, they are seen as a, a question of, of what the law says, of what society says. We're saying, well, what does nature say? What does reality say? Exactly. Um so I think very, very much at the um, the the framework for understanding the nature of law and legal institutions is, and you you would use the term uh, before we started moving on the air, so to speak. Uh, it's positivism. It's posit a positivistic understanding of law. That law is simply what society is going to be. It's it's, it's law. It merely is human convention. So. Exactly. Laws don't reflect reality at all. No law reflects reality. Actually, the only reality they reflect is whatever we decide them to reflect. Exactly. Right. Which isn't – that's not reality. That's laws, no. laws expression of the common opinion of the particular society the, exactly. at, at a particular level. So um, – what do, what do you mean marriage can only be between man and woman? And marriage can be whatever we say it's going to be. So let's say it can be... Why married. do you hate me so much that you won't say that? Exactly. Right. 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 And we try to... You know, this is... The, you know, I, I'm, to me, this is very much, as I was about to say, we're just trying to say... We, no, we... We can't redefine it. We're just... This is what it is. It reminds me, just a quick... We've talked about this issue before... 
It reminds me of the discussions over the impossibility of the ordination of women. It's not that we, you know, are opposed to women. It's right. that this is the nature of reality. We're, we're the not trying to of be, the priesthood. We're not trying to be mean. This is just how things are. It's the right. same thing. It's not because we hate people who struggle with same sex same sex attraction. Um, uh, or we want to be mean to them. We want to prevent them from happiness and so on. I mean, there's all sorts of things um, we could say that the church... Anyway, that's not what we're... Tr- we're not trying to be mean. We're trying to just recognize the nature of reality. Marriage is not a social construct. It is a natural institution with divine... Well, well a divine institution, ultimately, but uh, something which God has raised to the level of a sacrament. Exactly. And... Uh, um and so this this becomes the biggest difficulty in the uh, discussion going on in our culture that uh, for those of us, especially those of a Catholic perspective, um, where we look at things like the natural law, we call the natural law, um, we're, we're talking on one level and society is talking on a different level. And a lot of times where the breakdown discussion happens is where each side doesn't real one or both sides, I should say, doesn't realize that. That truth that we're talking at on different levels about different realities. Right, right. Yeah, like you, you're. Uh, you, <laughs> it's not even apple to use. You know, again, you, the way you put it, it's not even apples and oranges. It's apples and aardvarks. I mean, we're right. um, very. Although I guess different conceptions of law, but still, it, it's very f- much further. It, 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 we're further removed than we think. We're talking. Think we're talking on the same plane, um, but we're talking about very different things. Uh, and again, as, as you and I talked about before, it's not that um, there is a reality of civil law. We're not denying the reality of civil rights. We're just saying that civil rights, like civil law, flow from the nature of reality. They flow from, or they ought to flow from, in a truly just society, uh, civil rights, civil law, flows from the nature of reality. They flow from natural law. Um, and I'm reminded here, by the way, of uh, oh, Professor... Charles Rice, who taught at Notre Dame Law School, wrote, has a question, a book, I think 50 Questions on the Natural Law, and he points to uh, the Nuremberg Trials, uh, well, not, dur- after World War II, the Nuremberg Trials, the establishment of the UN and the UN Charter on Human Rights, um, how legal positivism does it, I mean, in, in Nazi Germany, well, this is what the law is, this is what's legal, to do all these horrible, terrible things. Uh, so if we defa- if we fall and yeah, there's very much a slippery slope with the whole legal positivism approach to understanding law. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now, of course, you know, uh, we're not saying that New York is on its way. I mean, what's um, what's, what what do they call Boyle's law? What, what's the law they said? Godwin's law. As soon as you met, yeah, you, eventually was, the not Nazi or all internet discussions lead to comparison of one group or another to Nazis. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, I thought about that. you online of Hitler from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so, right. So that's that's not what we're doing in this case. We're talking more about the reality, of the fact that uh, in our human um, minds and our human ideas of things, we typically uh, we have a desire, we have a natural appetite for the natural law, even though over the past 150 years, especially. We've denied 
this common reality to human life. Right. Yeah, and just to, real quick interjection there. Um, behind that, we and I talked early on about how well aren't we all different? No, but but we recognize that we're all human beings. Behind, underneath our differences is a common reality that we call. In, in philosophy and theology, human nature. We all share the same nature. Uh, different shapes, sizes, so on, but, but the fundamental reality is the same. We all share the same common human nature. Right, and that becomes, I think, the biggest, if you will, rub or the biggest difficulty um, is, is how to get back to that. Yep. Because we seem to be so convinced uh, that that isn't the case. Yeah, and that's frankly that that's a huge question that that us scholars are pondering. I mean, when it, in a in a society that is ideologically pure, pluralistic, that has different conceptions of the nature of reality, how, how do you, how do you coexist? I mean, wh- when you have when you have no common foundation of, for understanding what is, um, how how do you coexist? But again, that's a much that's that's a larger topic, very much. Uh, underlying this particular one, but but too far afield. So we'll just move on. Right. So where are we moving on to? Uh, where are we? <laughs> All right. So this is excellent. This is excellent recording, by the way. This uh, is beautiful. This um, and we, we will not edit this because people can just hear it and it, all its unedited glory. Um, in its natural state. Its natural state. Well, that's a great transition. Uh, so. So we're talking on these different levels. So our level, let's just focus on our level. Um, we're saying what, what it mean, what it means, what it means to be human. What the nature of reality is is that marriage is only between one man and one woman, or at least between men and women, certainly. Um, and the way you put it, I think, is talking about a recovery of that understanding of, of human life, of human existence. Um, what do you would you have in mind when you were sort of outlining that? Well, uh, as, as I say, it's a huge problem. Eh? As we just kind of left uh, from the previous section, you know, how do we get people back to this idea? How do we get our culture back to this idea that there is something truly common between my human experience and all its diversity and all its richness and all its peculiarity to your human experience, to Bob's human experience, to Sally's human experience. Right. That there is a commonality in that way. Okay. Right. Uh, and I don't have a clear answer. I don't have a, a set uh, – well, I, I guess I do have a clear answer, but it's not as clear as I, mean, I think make for a 30-minute podcast. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, but the, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you know of anything? Is there a magic pill? Oh, Is there a oh. book that you have a person well. read? No, I, I we you, I mean you mentioned earlier the last 150 years. I I think there there are just so many you know if you think of a, a flow chart we've got, <laughs> we've we've gotten there's been so many divergent answers that have been given that the 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 premises the ultimate premises that are that are essential required to understand uh, a natural law um, approach the nature of reality um, we're so far removed from that that there's so much, I think, groundwork that, ha- that you're right. I mean, you can't do it in 30 minutes. In other words, the way I put it, somebody who is a proponent of same-sex marriage listening to the podcast in all its unedited glory, I, I, have, I have no illusions that they would be um, 
completely convinced of our position by the end of this podcast uh, because there's so much intellectual groundwork that has to be cleared and laid anew in order to get to the point, okay, no, now we can actually talk about the nature of marriage. I mean, there's so much um, theological, philosophical anthropology about understanding what it means to be human um, underlying all of this, different conceptions of what it means to be human, that that has to be sort of cleared away and, and, and um, laid anew in order for us to have really uh, a common understanding of what, it, of what marriage is. Exactly. And, you know, how do we jump into that sort of work? Now, yeah. I think the, the best way to answer this is not so much to dwell on the problem, but to enter into, again, what do we believe as Catholics is the fullest and best answer to uh, all of life's issues. Right. And that is alcohol. <laughs> um, no. Father? It's not alcohol. Good. <laughs> it's Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. Now, Jesus Christ is the answer to all of life's issues, to all of life's problems. And, you know, as we, as we were talking about it earlier, as we were preparing, you know, uh, we were talking about Gaudium et Spes uh, 22. Yep, yep. And uh, the beautiful quote there from uh, the Supreme Council that Christ, the final Adam, by the revelation of the mystery of the Father and his love, Christ fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear. And so the best thing we can do is to bring ourselves and others to Jesus Christ, to encounter God made man in Jesus Christ, and to trust that in that, this will be made clear. Right, right. So otherwise, this is a, this, this is a if you will a, is a Gordian knot, the ancient Greek myth of yeah. the Gordian knot. Yeah, I think you're right. right. You know how do we untie this huge knot of, you know, yes, what you're doing is wrong, but I don't want it to seem like I hate you because I disagree with you. Right, right. I mean, because right. the, the basest emotional level in cultural discussions, this goes on. You, yep. know, you don't agree with me, so you hate, so you hate me. You know, I don't agree with you, but I don't hate you. You know, and how do you get that through? Christ yeah. is the one who unties the Gordian knot. Right. And that's not to say, I mean, we talk, you mentioned earlier, he's the answer and so on. It doesn't mean it's necessarily easy. I mean, you talked about the right. cross. Uh, it's not that it's, it's easy. Gonna cost, it's going to cost blood. Right. You can't it, pick up the cross with work gloves on. Right. Um, yeah, I think sometimes, and the way, sometime, the way some people portray uh, conversion to Christianity, portray discipleship following after Christ is once you um, bring once Christ comes into your life that all your problems somehow go away and they don't they they, they certainly do not and he told us they wouldn't as, as we were just saying with with regard to the cross so it, it's not that life is uh, all our problems go away but we at least have an answer to them and and they and it, he does help us to bear our burdens I mean we can't it, it's not just Misery for the sake of, of heaven, there is still the reality that, that we know that Christ uh, carries the cross with us. Right. And I was talking with uh, a college student who's spending the summer out in New York City. And the student contacted me and wanted to know how to engage those around them uh, during this very difficult time. You know, and then they said, well, how, how do I speak to them about the truth and love? And I said, well... You go to confession, right? And they said, yes. And I said, have you encountered Jesus loving you while correcting you about your sins in confession? 
And they said, yes. Right. I said, that's where you speak from. That's where you learn to talk from. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, So you yeah. can't, unless you're living that life of Christ uh, yourself, you won't know how to bring it to others. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was just, ta- you know, right lately we've been hearing from um, uh, the book of Genesis uh, in the in the the mass readings, and I was talking with somebody recently who was like, "Well, and they were being a little facetious. Well, it doesn't matter how you behave, because look at all the you know Isaac, uh, well, yeah, Lord Jacob and and Abraham and all the stuff that they did. And da, 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 da. It doesn't really. And I'm like, no, that's the point. It doesn't matter how much we fail and we do what's immoral and wrong. God still loves us, and He's still willing to forgive us. So the lesson from from those sorts of stories um, in the Old Testament is not that uh, it doesn't matter how we act. It's the point that despite how we act, God still loves us and forgives us. And, and we have to acknowledge that we aren't perfect and we screw up too. And as you said, we speak out of that. I think, exactly. it's, I think it's great advice. It is, and I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to begin to address these things. Right. Is if we're taking that cross ourselves. On a more uh, on a more specific note, maybe then of how we act on this specific issue then right. as well, not just the larger recovery of our common humanity, uh, which can only be done through Christ, I think. Uh, but the the question of how we recover this vision of human sexuality, I think then a specific way for us as Catholics who are opposed to it. You know, what we must do then is start practicing what we preach. Yep. And what is that we preach? That human relationships have a natural meaning to them. And the natural meaning of human sexual relationships is love and babies. Yes. That human sex makes love. It also makes babies. Right. And whenever we remove one from the other, uh, things don't work right. Right. Right, you know, I, I think of, it's as you said, when we move one from the other, it is uh, one an issue that's related to this, a different issue with um, IVF um, f- for uh, in vitro fertilization for infertility. A lot of people are dumbfounded that the church um, is is opposed to IVF. Was well, you pro life? Exactly. Well, we, <laughs> pro life and pro love. As you said, we the under our understanding, the understanding of of. Uh, the meaning of human sexuality is that it's ordered towards life and love, the the fidelity, the the love of the spouses, and the procreation and education of children. Exactly. Or as uh, quite shockingly as Peter Kreft will say it, uh, you know, no one disagrees that uh, rape is wrong, but rape is in some ways the procreative remove. For- the possibility of procreation, reproduction, removed from union or love. Right, right. But we don't mind when we remove the other from the other way. Right, when we, yeah, remove procreation. And I, I definitely, you know, I, I said this to Father before we went on the air, I think this is in many ways um, it, what, it, the heart of the matter. The, this, the, the, we've divorced procreation and understanding that um, children are the purpose of human sexuality because we've removed that we've lost sight of what the nature of marriage is the purpose of marriage is not marriage is not just about two people who have strong emotional feelings very strong emotional feelings for one another i'm not i'm not denigrating the 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 the, the emotional feeling that um that people have in marriage, but it's about more than that. I do love my wife deeply, 
but I married her because I loved her deeply and I wanted to have children with her. It's not just about feeling strongly about somebody. It's about feeling strongly and wanting to have children with them. That's the nature of marriage. Right. Or as the song used to go, love and marriage, love and marriage. Right. Uh, But the kids are in there too. That's the thing. I mean, it's the nature of what they are. It's, Marriage is love and children, the, the union of the spouses leading a fruitful union, which hopefully will lead to to the procreation to children. Exactly. Um, so we need to return, which means we need to end our use in, for us as common American Catholics, of artificial contraception. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 our, the intellectual foundation um, for... For opposing same-sex marriage, is 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 gone as soon as you accept the legitimacy of contraception. You cannot consistently oppose same-sex marriage if you accept contraception. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I mean, because 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 then you move. Um, the, because once you remove uh, children from sex, then sex is all about pleasure. And so who are you to oppose someone else's pleasure? Exactly. Once you lose sight of the end, the purpose for sex, or once you deny one of its purposes, um, then then it becomes arbitrary. Well, no, just because, because I said so. I mean, it, it, when it, I feel badly, um, sincerely, for our evangelical brothers and sisters along these lines, many of whom are, are, are strongly working um, for the legal establishment for, for keeping uh, marriage at legally as the union of one man, one woman. But because they, they, are, they cut themselves up, their feet out from underneath themselves if they accept contraception. Exactly. So, anyway. Anyway, I don't know. That was that was throwing it back to you. Back to Uh-oh. you, Father. <laughs> I thought you were wrapping up since we we're at thirty minutes. We are. At, we are at thirty minutes. So anyway, Father, any final thoughts? Wow, we we can't record in the afternoon. I don't think this this smoother than the. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no thoughts. No other thoughts. I mean, it's going to be difficult, and I think for those of you that are proponents of this or don't see any reason to oppose it. I think I would ask you, again, give the benefit of the doubt to those who oppose you um, and look for that real discussion uh, in this way. And for those of you that are opposed to inflict your fighting uphill uh, against the culture regarding same-sex marriage, uh, it's not always good to thump someone in the head with the truth. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we do need to... uh, Well, again, I love your point about... Speaking out of our experience as sinners um, who repent and are forgiven, um, we need to recognize. Re- again, nobody deny, nobody desires evil for its own sake. Um, there's some good that people are desiring here, and I think we need to recognize and acknowledge that, and try to lead them towards an understanding of what the fullness of truth is, rather than just trying to win an argument with them, um, because. Uh, we, we ought to, if we are if we are truly Christian, we ought to desire their good. That's what it means to love to desire desire the good of another. To, um, so if we truly love them, then then we want to 
do what we can, and we have to recognize the limitations and reality, be realistic, but do what we can to help them see what we're trying to say as opposed to just win the argument for some for the sake of our own intellectual pride. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, Okay, well, uh, next week we'll record in the morning and uh, forget this episode ever happened. (laughs) We will revisit this topic. Well, I do think, actually, we could revisit it, um, at least aspects of it, because as you said, you know, in 30 minutes, you can only do so much. But hopefully we've been able to give you an idea of the numerous issues that are at play and some idea of, of, of our understanding of those issues as Catholics. So, well, Father, will we see you again next week? Uh, maybe, yes. We'll hopefully see one another again. Very good. Until then, thank you for joining us for another episode of Prairie Rome Companion. <laughs>